the title this evening the, uh, uh, for the talk is Spirit, Not Program. Um, uh, and Laurie um, has uh, pointed out that um, he spends a lot of, a lot of uh, you know, time seeking revelation for these titles and they're not random things that just came up um, one afternoon um, so so I'm encouraged to stick to it and and in a way um, I've got three bits of this talk okay and the first bit is to say that I think in a sense if you and actually you can do this in church it means walking out I know but at home but really I think in a way I can say what there is to say very quickly Right, so I'll say that first. That's all right, and then if you really like, you know, want to go and have a cup of tea or whatever, or watch Bake Off or whatever else on, uh, that's fine. But then I'm going to pick in the second bit. It's going to be me picking into some of my my problems in trying to understand in detail. I'm going to go to various scriptures, and I don't think I've got uh, like a complete theology of this. Does that make sense? Um, I, I, you know, I love it. sometimes we do courses here, and those who haven't signed Living in Freedom do sign up for that. And Living in Freedom is like is like well structured, you know what I mean? There are right, there are right answers, sort of, yeah. And, and the and the thing I'm looking at the day, the thing we did on um, unmasking the powers, you know, and it's it's like it's almost like revision notes for. I'm not like this. This evening, it's not like that. It's not a finished work. The middle bit, to get first bit straightforward. The middle bit is very much telling you how I sort of try to struggle at the moment, trying to work out the principle in everyday life. Do you want to come with me in that journey? Um, and you get any answers, fine. And then the last bit is a bit of response. We're gonna, I, just, I, think, um, I think Holy Spirit. Well, we'll see how it goes, because that, we'll that comes out of it. So the first thing is, the title says Spirit Not Program. And, and what's behind that, I know, is this thing that is very easy. Uh, let's take churches, first of all. It works at the church level, home group level, the family level, the individual level. But it's perhaps easy to see initially at the church level, where some churches have what is a very good program. Um, and it might be a, 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 a youth program or children's program or a teaching, whatever it is. But they've got a program. They've got a th way they do stuff. And to be honest, very often they were very effective programs. And, and it's clear and people know what they're doing. And there's a certain unity in having that. But it be can become just a dry thing. It can just become something you're sort of, you're sort of almost bound to that. And, and, and although our God is a God of order, I mean... Have you seen the creation? But he's also a god of massive creativity. Have you seen the creation? And, and so many times, if you read the Old Testament, you get things like, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And some churches, and, and it happens, like, for me as well, as an individual, I get into sort of like a programmed or planned mode. I know how I respond to this. Right? It's one of those, again, I'll do, that comes up, I will respond in this way, because I've got learnt, learnt behaviours. Some of those learnt behaviours are kingdom learnt behaviours. But some of those behaviours are not kingdom learnt behaviours, and the worst ones of all I've picked up from the world <laughs> entirely. Sometimes, sometimes... <laughs> yeah, I forget. <laughs> Laurie's going, I'm thinking, what have I said? <laughs> Yeah, I know. Uh, actually, Johnny, do you want to walk forward and unzoom the camera a bit to give me more scope? I won't try and do it myself. Um, <laughs> and, and some of the behaviours aren't. Um, and it's simple, the simple thing is this. Look, you are alive in Christ. Amen? Amen? The Holy Spirit lives in you. 
Unbelievable though that is. Amazing, just, just mind-blowing and boggling though it is. God, the infinite almighty, God, by his Holy Spirit, comes and lives. And he says it. He dwells each one of us. And he is absolutely up for having that day-by-day, minute-by-minute conversation that I know we sort of really desire but often don't get into. And so the, tri- the, the simple thing is, don't rely on plans and programs. Listen to Holy Spirit. We have, a, as a church, a thing, don't we? Do nothing is apart from rev- by revelation. That's it. Listen to Holy Spirit. Plans aren't the wrong in themselves, but it's not what defines how we behave, what we do. That's Holy Spirit. Agreed? And, and that's it. <laughs> Talk over. Amen. Let's go home. And when I first sat down for this, to be, I have, like I said, had a fairly sort of messed up week, so over a week, two weeks ago nearly now. I thought, that's it, Lord. I've just got to tell him to walk in step with the Spirit. That was the last talk I did here, actually. Walk in step with the Spirit. It's dead easy. We just have to be open to you and ask you all the time. And then I thought, ooh, all the time? See, because in the end of the day, I can't help the fact, this is part two, by the way. You, you want to go home, it's fine, but... See? Okay. Because uh, I can't help the fact that I, I, I'm, I tend to be, because I suppose my physics background, I don't know, the way God made me, I do detail sometimes. I like to think, so what's that mean in detail? As I found myself at that point thinking, it's three o'clock, it's time for a cup of tea, and I thought, ooh, is that a planned thing? Ooh, am I supposed to have a cup of tea at three o'clock? Oh, or do I have to... Can I not drink a cup of tea until I've got real revelation to have a cup of tea? <laughs> now, now, you may not have this sort of problem. But you see, for me, once I think that, I think, okay, what is the graininess? What's the point at which? Uh, God, because I can hear God laughing and saying, yeah, ask the Holy Spirit when the point of graininess is. You know, that's the whole point. Talk to me. But, but I do find, actually, the principle is absolutely clear but applying it can be really tricky. And God led me to several scriptures. I'm going to go through them. And there's a biggish one in the middle. But they're all things that sort of, I think, emphasize or highlight some aspect of why we find this hard to work it out all the time. Does that make sense? So let's go into them and see where we go. So the first one is, you, I'm, I'm, yeah, I was going to, I was, at this point I was going to say, I was going to give you like two minutes just to think which scripture comes to your mind, but... Let's do mine. The first thing that came up was James 4.13. I've, I've marked them up, so I read them properly. I don't think one on screen, Laurie, particularly, but if you want to, do you can. James writes, Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go to this city or that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast and brag. All such boasting is evil. Anyone then who knows the good he ought to do and doesn't do it, sins. It's an interesting thing at the end. All such boasting, he says, James says, is evil. Now, see, the thing there is, one of the traps you get into is it's sort of almost a lack of humility. It's a, it's a thinking that we're sort of invincible or invulnerable. You know, I've, I've only had one jab. I get my second jab on Monday, and then I really will feel I'm invincible. Do you remember that thing in the James Bond cartoon? Which one is it? Which film is it where he's got the pen? 
and the bloke's on his chair spinning round and he says, I've, he's got, Bond's giving him this pen that when you click it the third time it goes bang. Do you remember? And he, go, he, goes, and he goes, I am invincible. <laughs> Sorry, that's a complete red herring. All right? Boasting, James says, is evil. I don't think he says the plan is wrong. What's wrong about it is the fact that James is talking about people who think somehow that they can do this stuff in the future, that I can control, I've got a plan, I've got a plan in the future, and they don't reference God in it. And it's a lack of humility. Now, humility itself is a tricky thing in a way, because many of us are too humble and don't exercise authority we have in Christ, I know. But before God, humble's good. And the sense of, of actually, Lord, you know, if you will, is where sometimes I fall up because I make plans thinking it life will go on like it always will. I can make plans for five years ahead. Now, I have to make plans for five years ahead in some ways. It's not wrong to, but I make them always with that sense, that attitude of if God wills. Because only God knows the end from the beginning, to quote scripture. Only Father knows the future. And, and I, you know, we are. We are in God's image. It's one of the fantastic things that, that, that as people, I think, I, I'm not sure, you know, how unique it is to humans rather than animals and stuff, but we can perceive the future. I can think what's going to happen tomorrow. But only God knows. And this is not only, I know this sometimes gets into sort of a magic phrase, if God wills. But it's not that. It's not saying anything. It's the attitude. Because he's sort of not boasting of knowing that though I am wonderfully and fearfully made and though God Holy Spirit indwells me I am in the end but a creature and it's God's will God is sovereign okay and that's the first thing I think where sometimes I slip up where I slip out of that where I put myself at the centre of it you see plans that are made with me at the centre are always going to be wrong plans that are made with God at the centre will at least start off being right and and, and, and it's that, I suppose, is that the basic sin with Adam? I don't know. Putting myself, uh, certainly what Satan did when he fell, wasn't it? You know, putting myself at the centre. So that's the first thing I'd, I, that I, I, I've recognised in me, that sometimes means I go on doing stuff and planning too far ahead because I haven't gone back and said, okay, Lord, actually, that's too far. Um, it's called extrapolation if you do maths, isn't it? Do you know that? Where you get some data and you draw the graph on and on and on. And then so there's something about, if you're extrapolating plans, if you're planning stuff yourself, you're, whatever you're involved with, too far ahead, Holy Spirit, Lord, is that, if you want God. Actually, I can see where I'm going, but I'm only going to read to be the next bit. I'm not going to make this long-term plan without reference to you. The second thing, number two, hang on, I've got a, I've got a map. Oh, oh yeah. This hit me. This is actually out of context, sort of, but uh, you'll see why. Galatians 3.3. 3. Um, Paul's writing the Galatians. He says, After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to obtain your goal by human effort? Just one verse. After beginning with the Spirit, are you now trying to attain your goal by human effort, by the flesh? He's talking about the Galatians uh, starting... They've found Jesus, they've come into experience with him, they've known it's by grace and grace only, and you can't win God's approval, and now they've started going back into doing the law thing and, and, and all that stuff, and trying to get to God by being good. But that phrase, having started with the Spirit, are you trying to finish with the flesh? I had this picture, actually I haven't shared them, I've, got, I've brought pictures with me, but 
Uh, and it's like you start a race on a running track and you keep, right, Mark said go, whatever, and off you go, but the track curves and you run straight on. See, I think sometimes I am better at coming before God and saying, Lord, what do we do here at the beginning of a plan than while I'm doing it? And that somehow, because I've really got into, you know, I've been honest about it, and Lord, what, how do we do I hear Revelation? And, and I don't want to hear your voice. And then I get, oh yeah, that's, and that's why I get going. I sort of get my head down and run. Do you get me? <laughs> and, and I haven't noticed the track's gone, gone around the court. It's like one of those overly things, you know? And I'm off in the trees somewhere. Don't begin in the spirit and then end in the flesh. Oh, my word. When I read this, the number of church-based programs that resonated with me, that started with spiritual inspiration, right? Real act of openness to the Holy Spirit. And then they've kept going. Maybe the leaders have gone, different people have come. Or maybe that the task has got hard, and rather than being open, so that's my second problem. I notice it in myself. I see it around in other churches. Don't begin in the spirit. That's great, but continue. Check it all the time. Always be open. There's a time at which I don't. I don't think you can get too silly about this, but get silly as you like. All right. I mean, if you want to ask God, it's time for a cup of tea. Ask God for, if you want a cup of tea. I mean, if you ask that, that's fine. But if you're doing something, you've got a program, you've got a plan, for goodness sake, don't start in the spirit and then end in the flesh now. Three, I think, is Genesis. Warn the tree at the back. Genesis 12 and 20. Um, yeah, I'm going to read you a story here. Oh dear, this one hits as well, me. Now, Genesis, Abraham, there's it, it, two stories. I'm going to read Genesis, a bit from Genesis 12, and, and then I'm going to just link it to Genesis 20. So uh, the story goes like this. Now there was a famine in the land. Abraham has done the thing where he's left Ur of the Chaldees with his father-in-law. Whatever. He's got to Haram, stayed a long time there, and now he's been called out. God's given him a massive promise that he'll give him the land of Canaan. All he's really got at this point is the promise of the land. But he's got that. So he leaves Haran and he goes to um, uh, Canaan and he's there. And he's had this word from God. But I, I, I feel for Abraham because that's all he's got. <laughs> Right? He's got a call to go to the land of Canaan. It'll be his land forever. And his descendants will be great and stuff. But he's got to work it out. And sometimes I think, you know, I'm a bit like that. I've got this call to build the kingdom, but I've got to work it out. So Abraham's in the land. And it says in chapter, verse 10, there was a famine in the land, so Abraham went down to Egypt to live there for a while because there was a famine and was severe. As he was about to enter Egypt, he said to Sarah, his wife, I know what a beautiful woman you are. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is his wife. They will kill me, but they will let you live. Say you are my sister, so I'll be treated well for your sake, and my life will be spared because of you. So he does that. I won't bother reading the story. And he goes to Egypt, and he, she's a beautiful woman, and Pharaoh, thinking she's his sister, takes her into his harem. And then, uh, strangely, Abraham doesn't get in trouble for it. Pharaoh gets ill and stuff, and eventually it comes out. And... Abraham leaves Egypt and goes back to Canaan, where he probably should have been, to be honest. It was probably logical to go to Egypt, because there's food there. But his command was to go to Canaan, actually. That's a side point. 
your plans go wrong if you're not obedient, all right? (laughs) Obedience is basic. If God's told you something, do it. What is it that James Worth said? Anyone who knows what to do and doesn't do it, that is sin. Once God's told to do stuff, just obey it. It always makes life easier. Anyway, that's not really one on land there. It's just chapter 20, because you go to 20 now. Uh, and by chapter 20, there's some amazing stuff's happened. He's really shown he is a man of faith. He's done the thing with um, the visitors before Sodom's destroyed. And he's done that thing with God saying, if you only find 10 there, will you? Right? He's had that sort of personal appearance of God. So he's, he's done some really fantastic stuff in a way. But chapter 20... Abraham moved, verse 1, Abraham moved on from there to the Negev and lived between Kadesh and Shur. For a while he stayed in Gerar. And there Abraham said to his wife Sarah, she is, there he said of his wife Sarah, she is my sister. Again? Didn't you get this last time, Abraham? Then Abimelech, king of Gerar, sent for Sarah and took her as wife. But God came to Abimelech, Again, it's Abimelech gets in trouble for this, by the way. There's something really fantastic about the fact that, although Abraham's been a bit dodgy here, right? Because he, he's, the, he's the, um, the one at the moment. He's the kingdom, in a sense, on earth. God is faithful. He, doesn't get in, he, doesn't get in, he actually gets rich out of it. In the end, Abimelech has to give Abraham money and keep, you know, what they call them, animals. Um, so he actually makes, but, but Abimelech is in trouble. God appeared to Abraham and said, you are a dead man because of the woman you've taken. She's a married woman. As it goes on, Abimelech says, did you not say she's my sister? But as it goes on, it, Abraham says, look, he says to her, going to go down a bit. Um, Abraham replied, verse 11, I said to myself, there is surely no fear of God in this place and they will kill me because of my wife. Besides, she really is my sister, the daughter of my father, the not of my mother. And she became my wife. And when God made me wander from my father's household, I said to her, this is how you are to show me love. Everywhere we go, say of me, he is my brother. Okay, that's the, that's the land point for me. Everywhere we go, we said this. Sometimes my problem of not being open to Holy Spirit is because of patterns, because of behaviours, because of things I've learned to do. Abraham says, this is what I always did. I've learned it's a dangerous thing walking around with a beautiful woman. And so everywhere I go, it's my, po- my plan, my policy. It's my behaviour. And, and like I say, some of those learned things... In Abraham's case, I don't know where he learned that. And this is this, I mean, he knows. How can he say, God made me wander? <laughs> That's not quite true, is it? God's brought him out into a new place. Here he's not in a good place, I don't think. But the thing that lands for me about spirit and spirit not program is that I'm most at risk when I've got like a learnt behaviour of things of how I do things. And to be honest, it often works. It's worked! The stink, weird thing here is, Abraham's been lying to these people through all this play, but it always works. He doesn't get killed, and he gets rich on it, actually. You can't judge... You can't judge the fact that something's of the Spirit because it works. You, you really, really can't. Because, because actually, the, you know, the world does pretty well without God in lots of things. Not everyone who's rich is a Christian. Mm. <laughs> you can't judge because a strategy, because a thing, a way of planning and doing stuff is effective. It doesn't mean it's of the spirit. 
And therefore, I've just had to, again, I'm working through this. I'm most at risk of not opening to Holy Spirit properly and really when I've got a, a behaviour, a planned behaviour, a learnt behaviour, a way of doing things that works for me and I just, I just click into it and do it. And, and I don't know what yours are. I can tell you what mine are, some of them anyway, because I sat there praying and thinking about it. Okay, God, when do I do this stuff? When is it that I, I just go into autopilot? And I don't really ignore God. It just doesn't, I just, it doesn't seem to be needed at that point because <laughs> I know the response. And on the New Testament, I'm going to just pick it. This is very famous, and I wish I knew more. There's many places in the New Testament where I want to ask the person who wrote it, and, but you don't get it. This is Acts 16, quite well known, really. Acts 16 from verse 9, I think. Um, so... Um, there's somewhere in Phrygia in Galatia. Um, um, Luke writes, I'll start from verse 7. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. The Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. The Spirit of Jesus. Why? What happened? I'd love to know whether that was because there was like, I don't know, COVID regulations or passport control, <laughs> right? I mean, they tried to enter, but... I want to know. I want to know how that worked. Anyway, the spirit wouldn't allow them. During the night, so they passed by Mysia and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, "Come over to Macedonia and help us." Listen to this next bit. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once, obedience to leave Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. I love that. Because it says, you know, we had the vision, we concluded. <laughs> now, um, I don't think there's like, oh, God had told us, so it went. It was, we, we worked it out. Right? And a lot, a lot of my, maybe our, the way we get revelation and hear what Spirit's saying, we hear it, we weigh it, and we think, yeah, I think it's this, let's go. Yeah? But, but often it's not so absolutely clear. <laughs> and I love the fact the word there is, you know, I think it's probably the Greece as well, it concludes it. And so they went. And of course, they're let into um, Macedonia where they haven't been before. There are times, my friends, when, when maybe, I think Paul had plans here, I think they had plans, they were going to sensible places, they'd done some work in Galatia, they wanted to do the next boy of province. You know, it wasn't a bad plan. But somehow Holy Spirit prevented them. I don't know how. I would love to know the detail. But they're open to Holy Spirit. And that's what we need to be. And sometimes Holy Spirit's leading is not to tell us what to do, but to stop us doing stuff. And I speak to myself here. One of my dangers is I like doing stuff. Yeah, I'm not very good at waiting. That's quite long enough to wait. And I know for me, I don't know what you're like, but I know for me, sometimes it's really hard when Holy Spirit stops me going to stuff. And for me, that sometimes only is a general sense of unease about it until I pray about it and it becomes sharper. Does that make sense? Hang on, where have we gone so far? Oh my goodness. Humble. Don't make plans too far ahead. The James thing. Don't start in the spirit. Once you've started, once you've really got something clear from God, for goodness sake, don't just assume that's it. Keep open on the, as you're doing it. 
Galatians 3.3. 3. Whether when you've got start, when you've got learned behaviours, ways you do stuff, be be kept very careful. And click, before you click into those techniques, think, Lord, is this the right response here? That's right. And then this one here. If if you're like me, be particularly open to when Father says wait. There's a really I could I won't say too personal actually, but there's something um, I did two days ago, where I should flip and well have waited. But there we go. Um, where do we go next? I mean, how much, do one more? Ah, Jesus. Always good to end up with Jesus, don't you think? Well, I said hallelujah. <laughs> um, where did you go? Well, first of all, let's remember, what did Jesus say? Uh, five, John 5.19? The son can only do what he sees the father doing. Notice again that that is present, uh, actually I think it's present act is adjunctive, but it's present tense. It's not the son can only do what he saw the father doing, or the son can only do what the program the father gave him was, or the son can only, it's son can only do what he sees the father doing. Now, Again, I said this actually, I think, um, in Counter Talk some time ago. Um, we are not yet perfect, but we have the ability to be. Because we are fully forgiven, yes? And in work by Holy Spirit, yes? And it's possible, I think, you know, like my experience is, when I live by the Spirit, I live by the Spirit, and it's amazing. And then I go back to being, let the flesh take over. It's not, it's not as if I slowly progress from being a bit, you know, a bit worldly to more spiritual. It's as if I go, look, doom, doom. Either fully on or fully off. But Jesus was fully on the whole time. He lives by the Spirit the whole time. He can see what God's doing. Did he have a plan? Well, I think he did. But the only plan I really detect in Jesus is stuff that comes from Scripture. So uh, it says in um, uh, Luke 9... Um, somewhere towards the end he says da, 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 something happened he set his face towards Jerusalem because scripture makes it clear that that's where it's going to be because there's no prophet outside Jerusalem I think there's an uber plan but I think in a way day by day he didn't really have a sort of plan of how to disciple the disciples and stuff it just went on through life and he saw what God was doing and did it and there's amazing thing that whenever it came to him, he seems to have time for them. It's a very much a, a 21st century thing, I think, where we just haven't got time to do stuff. Uh, and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the worst at this, I know. But Jesus always seems to have time. Have you noticed that? I mean, and the power to heal people. But he never seems to say, I'll go away and come back tomorrow, or see my diary secretary. He managed to get all his stuff sorted out without, without Google Calendar. You know? And, and he's this, Luke 7. Luke 7, I'm going to. Luke 7, 11. Jesus is walking along. Um, other stuff's happened. He's just healed the centurion's things happened. Soon afterwards, Jesus went to a town called Nain. And disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, don't cry. Then he went up and touched the coffin, and those who were carrying it stood still. 
he touched the coffin. Again, it's not my main point here, but he touched the coffin and those carrying it stood still. I don't think he liked to stop them. I think he just touched it. And there's something... What's that song we just sang? Heaven, come. It's one of those moments when heaven breaks in. Again, I don't think Jesus got up that morning and planned to meet a dead person being carried out of Nain. But his heart goes out to her. Notice the way Luke, Luke records it. It doesn't say God told him to. His heart went out. Right? Jesus is so in tune with the Father that the Father's compassion is Jesus' compassion. Does that make sense? Or Jesus' compassion is the Father's compassion. Now we're not perfect or we're not there. But here's my, here's my thing. I sometimes get too, up, too tied up in planning when I don't allow my natural compassion to flow. I can prove myself to be too busy for people because I'm too busy on the plan. Do you hear that? <sighs> Sorry, God. And Jesus was busy on the plan. He was going some with disciples. People are following him. He's teaching them. But at this point, for some reason or other, because God's in it, his heart goes out to her and he touches the coffin. And at that moment, the people can't stand still because there's something can happen. And I, I think it's a grace of Father that when, you know, that I don't have a sort of videotape of all the times when I should have bent in compassion, right? Or responded out of, you get me? And I was too busy doing what I was doing, which is probably a good plan. It's not the plan that's wrong to respond. And if you're in that place where you see what God's doing, then of course the power follows. And the boy comes back to life again. And they go on. Oh, Jesus, he went and touched the boy, young man get up, the dead man got up, bang hands to talk. Jesus came back to his mother. And Jesus just like goes on. But the people are amazed, of course. So they, and that one is, that point is, don't get so stuck on even the good spirit-led plan that you don't let your heart be soft to see and respond to things. You can't respond to everything, I know. There's too much need, there's too much hurt. But very often for me, I think I sense what God's doing when compassion's engaged, when my heart's engaged, and I say, oh, Lord, and sometimes it's, you know, it'll take you into a plan. That's fine. Spirit, not program. That's probably enough, isn't it? I've got loads more. <laughs> That's enough, I think. I'm going to... So part one, simple, simple. Spirit, not program. Just keep open to Holy Spirit. Just do what Holy Spirit tells you and there's no problem. There really is nothing complicated. Part two, oh my word, there are some things, hang-ups I've got that make me, make it hard for me to properly live like that. To properly live utterly by the Spirit and not get locked in to thinking, planning and doing. Yes? Part three. I think I'm going to encourage you. you don't have, this is the optional bit and in some ways Johnny's going to come back, hint, see where he goes with this. But I'm just going to encourage you to spend, just going to go into prayer and I'll sort of lead you. 
But I'm just going to encourage you privately and quietly just to hold your hands out and say, Lord, are there any things, are there any areas, any learnt behaviours, any plans, any patterns, any programmes, what I get involved in, I'm involved in, that needs to be challenged? Does that make sense? And if the answer's the null set, nothing, that's absolutely brilliant. But I want to give us time just to do that. Is that okay? Home as well. If you're at home, you've probably got to change position somehow or other. So God, I just so we stand before you, Father. We just or see it, whatever. But we're just before you, and you know that we so want to be led by your Spirit, a hundred percent, a hundred percent of the time. And Father, just this evening, we know what we know how to do it. We know that we have to ask you and you tell us and we know that we know there's a way to do this stuff but this evening Father just pray that you'd, we just sit before you open our hands before you hold your hands out or do something like that and Father it's not, not we don't want it's not there's not any harsh thing here we're not not a big confession thing it's just Lord God point out if your spirit wants to just give us a picture or a vision or a word for an area of what we do as individuals a family our church where we get stuck into things that are not open to your spirit's guidance just bring them to mind Lord now to be humble help us to recognise the worldly learnt behaviours that we've got help us to keep open to what you're saying not the beginning but all right to the end help us with compassion we lay down our lives before you we really do as individuals and as a church only want to do what you tell us to do by revelation we only want to do what you see you doing God come Holy Spirit